goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Wednesday Rush Hour. If you'd like to be part of the program today, 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800 800- Eight four eight nine two two two. Today we began our discussions with the presidential candidate. We will have with us Larry Elder later in this hour, who is running for our nation's highest elective office. It is my hope that over the next few months we will hear from every single major contender on this show that seeks to be the President of the United States. Today, former Vice President Mike Pence launched his presidential campaign and he didn't skirt the issue. The one issue that has divided Donald Trump And Mike Pence, of course, is January 6th. And what actually occurred on January 6th. There are many in the Trump voting base who will never forgive Mike Pence. Maybe, perhaps, unless he makes a compelling argument. And he started down that process by not ignoring that issue today. Among the things that Mike Pence says, the American people deserve to know on that fateful day, President Trump also demanded that I choose between him and our Constitution. Now voters will be faced with the same choice. I choose He says he chose the Constitution. He always will. The American people must know that the leaders in the Republican Party will keep our oath to support and defend the Constitution, even when it's not in our political interest. One last word he said in that part brings us here today. He said he believes anyone who puts themselves over the Constitution should never be president of the United States. And anyone who asks someone else to put themselves over the Constitution should never be the president of the United States again. At the same time, he praised Donald Trump's record. He said, given support of our record, it might be fair to ask why am I challenging my former running mate? For the Republican nomination for president, it begins with the promise I made to the American people 
and to Almighty God, and it ends with two different visions of the future of our party and of the country. Joel Rosenberg, dear friend, who has worked on many campaigns, Joel was with us in the early days of the Limbaugh letter as well, worked with us at the Rush Show for the Limbaugh letter. Joel Rosenberg, who now lives in Israel and writes for All Israel News, has an article today, Pence versus Trump will be epic, bloody. No VP has ever challenged his own president. And then he goes on to say that there are four things that Mike Pence has to do to break out of the pack as an evangelical, pro-life, pro-Israel candidate. Joel begins his commentary this way, Pence versus Trump promises to be an epic and bloody campaign. No vice president in American history in either party has ever challenged the very president with whom he served in a primary battle for his party's nomination. It's unheard of. Crazy, actually. But these are crazy times. Most people peg Mike Pence's chance of surviving, much less winning this mega showdown with Donald Trump, at zero. The rest would put his chances at less than zero. Trump certainly seems to be, well, seems like a prohibitive frontrunner with a 53.2% support in national polls according to the Real Clear Politics average of all recent credible surveys, Pence is averaging only 3.8%. In national polls, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis with 22.4% is far better positioned to challenge Trump, but he's still a whopping 30 points behind. So why would Pence even bother? asked Joel Rosenberg, and his first answer is prayer. He says Pence and his wife Karen have long prayed about this race. They know they are called to run, even though they're not sure they're called to win. The second is experience. Pence believes he has far more proven experience as an evangelical conservative and policy leader than Trump or DeSantis. And of course, he's right about that, though it won't be enough. Temperament. Pence believes the country wants a president who's a proven fighter, but also has a temperament that is thoughtful, magnanimous, and able to appeal to independents and even conservative Democrats, something many Republicans don't see as Trump's strength. Iowa. Pence believes that Midwestern evangelicals in Iowa are far more likely to embrace him, a fellow Midwestern evangelical, than a former president who paid off a porn star or a Catholic governor 
who's untested on the national or world stage. Fair or unfair, that's the premise he's testing. In a normal presidential cycle, all these attributes, plus the fact that he's deeply pro-Israel, would mean that Pence would be in the top tier of candidates, if not leading the pack, at least in Iowa. But this ain't a normal cycle, far from it. Then Joel goes on to give Pence specific advice. What does he have to do to break out of the pack? First thing is to challenge Donald Trump daily and relentlessly on the campaign trail and in the debate. He has to be funny. He should never attack Trump in a mean or cheap way. He said to be sure he never would, nor should he. He has to use the kind of Reagan-esque humor to contrast himself in both substance and style with Trump's anger toward him. He should hire great joke writers, not speech writers. Uh, never use a prepared text. Depends is at his most engaging when he's answering voters' questions, telling stories, telling jokes, being personal with people. But when he's delivering up a formal speech, he can be wooden and too buttoned up. And the fourth suggestion Joel has for Mike Pence is to move to Iowa. He says, look, I've been a friend of Mike Pence for more than a decade, but I'm not endorsing him or anyone else in this campaign. And there you have Joel Rosenberg, allisrael.com. You can find the article there. His take on Mike Pence's entry into the presidential race today. There is a big story today that I do not have time to go into detail. It prints many, many pages. Headline is a bit shocking. If this interests you, you know where to find it. You can also, I posted it up on Twitter using a free link, so it won't be behind the paywall. And um, it's, uh, there's a version of the story also with the Daily BS today. And this headline, Instagram connects vast pedophile network. Say what? Yeah, that's what it says. It says Instagram connects vast pedophile network. The Meta's units Systems for fostering communities have guided users to child sex content. Company says it is improving its internal controls. Instagram, the popular social media site owned by Meta, helps connect and promote a vast network of accounts openly devoted to the commission and purchase of underage sex content. According to investigations by the Wall Street Journal and researchers at Stanford University and the University of Massachusetts Amherst, pedophiles have long used the Internet. But unlike forms and file transfer services that cater to people who have interest in illicit content, Instagram doesn't merely host these activities. Its algorithms promote them. Instagram connects pedophiles and guides 
them to content sellers via recommendation systems that excel at linking those who share niche interests, the journal and the academic researchers found. It is a very long article. Again, I'm not going to go through the entire article. They do go on to report what we all know, that the promotion of underage sex content violates rules established by META as well as federal law. In response to questions from the Wall Street Journal, META, parent company of Facebook, acknowledged problems within its enforcement operations. And they say they've set up an internal task force to address the issues that were raised. They say child exploitation is a horrific crime. We are continuously investigating ways to actively defend against this behavior. They also said that in the past two years, they've taken down 27 pedophile networks, and they are planning to remove more of them. Who knew? Apparently, the Wall, the Wall Street Journal and researchers from Stanford University and the math and uh, 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 the University of Massachusetts Amherst know. Uh, New Yorkers, we can, you can, we all can prepare for two more days of hazardous smoke, smog from 400 Canadian wildfires that are burning. The mayor of this town has urged the entire city, everybody, to remain indoors And if you're going to go out, wear your mask. A thick nicotine yellow haze. That's the way it's being reported. Has shrouded the famous Big Apple skyline. New York briefly became the most polluted city in the world. Air quality index soared past 200, which is very, very unhealthy. That article you can find in the Daily Mail today. There is a funny, well, it is not funny. It's an article in Politico that I find funny. Wasn't meant to be funny. Headline, Dreams of Reparations Hits Political Reality in California. California Democrats three years ago set out to confront more than a century of discrimination toward black residents with a push toward reparations. Now those ambitions have faded and frustration is mounting in their own rank. I have been predicting this ever since this task force started going public with these demands for hundreds and hundreds of millions, billions of dollars. I've wanted to know where is the money going to come from? Who was going to pay up? Now, apparently, 
most Democrats in California, even the progressive liberals out there are saying, you know what, we ain't never going to get this money. We ain't never going to pay for it. Yeah. Oh, you're going to be hearing a lot more about that in days to come. Prince, heavenly birthday today, born 1958. WABC Talk Radio 77. Coming back. Remember, Larry Elder joins us in a bit. Don't go away. Time. Shower is on the air. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Rush on the Red Apple Podcast Network. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Larry Elder is coming up. I want to get to as many stories as we can. Uh, that was quick. What was quick? That was quick. Chris Licht, CNN. That's done. He's gone. Well, I mean, and look, it was quick, but he got some things accomplished. He got rid of Don Lemon. Well, he got rid of some other people. Uh, Brian Seltzer, I think. Did that happen under his reign? Yeah. Well, he, I guess it did. So now everybody's, you know, looking around. Okay, what happens next? Who's going to be the next, uh, the next person that tries to turn CNN around? And how are they going to do it? I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Weigh in. But Chris Lake did an interview for Atlantic. I was going to read the article, except I hit a paywall. Now, look, I pay for a lot of subscriptions to news sites. I do. But there are moments when you just say, okay, enough. I am not paying to read The Atlantic. I am not going to pay my money to read that. So I didn't read the article that was the big to-do that apparently led to his quick demise. But he is gone. And I guess there's some celebration over at CNN Today, even though, I mean, their ratings. Oh, look, look, I don't, don't let me go down that road. In Maryland, Montgomery County, the most liberal county, one of the most progressive liberal counties in the United States. Here's a headline. Maryland Muslims blast schools LGBTQ indoctrination, demand rights, Demand the right to opt kids out. And this is over this continued. It's now turned into victimhood. Now turned into victimhood. There's another article today about how the GOP. Listen to this. This is from the L.A. Times one of those places that I pay a subscription to get behind the paywall. How GOP efforts to restrict trans rights takes a page from the anti-abortion playbook. 
bans on treatments, new laws threatening doctors with malpractice suits, and criminal charges. Praise from lawmakers who say their legislation is meant to protect minors, even as the new policies infringe on the rights of adults. Right, rights. They keep throwing this word around. Rights. They, you see, believe that they have a right to indoctrinate your child, and you have no right to stand up against them. They're the victims always. So if your kid brings home a book, as many parents have discovered, and this is true, it is not hyperbole. This is not me trying to be sensationalistic or throw red meat. But there have been many instances where parents have been alarmed because all of a sudden their children in grade school are exposed to books that have graphic storylines and graphic illustrations of same-sex and heterosexual activities. And I mean, in some cases, it's just pure pornographic. If you look at the wording, and when these parents show up at school board meetings and they try to read from the material that's actually in the school, these school board members who put it there tell the parents they don't have the right to read it aloud. Oh, no, no, don't read this stuff aloud in public. But yet they want to make sure that your child sees it in private. Then when you stand up for this, okay, you've had enough. You stand up for it. Now you are the aggressor. You are the problem. And they are the hapless victim. This L.A. Times article, this L.A. Times article, prints out over nine pages. And as usual, gender-affirming medical care, butchering kids. Gender-affirming medical care has been available for decades. And studies show access to treatment lowers the odds of depression in suicide in patients. Show us studies that show that kids being butchered like this are less depressed. And let's look at the long-term studies. Oh, you mean there are no long-term studies? Of course not. But, and you see this not just in the L.A. Times, you see this all over the media that the LGBTQIA plus people are under attack, attack. I would say to you that it is not the LGBTQIA plus community under attack. American values are under attack. What we used to consider to be moral normalcy, moral normalcy, this is what is expected normally, as a common morality. 
That is what is under attack. And when people step up to a defendant, now, no good. We got to go to a break, ladies and gentlemen. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. We're coming back. When we come back, presidential candidate Larry Elder will join us. Don't go away. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The political presidential cycle is underway. Joining us, presidential candidate Larry Elder. Larry, good to hear your voice again. How are you? Mr. Snurdly, I am well. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Larry, listen, we're having uh, President Trump on tomorrow, and over the course, we're going to talk to every single candidate. You are one of them. You announced. Tell this audience, Larry, why you want to be president of the United States of America. Well, Bo, I would rather not spend my winters uh, in Iowa as much as I love Iowa. I would rather not spend my winters in New Hampshire. I went to college in New England. I love New England. Uh, and I'd rather not take the financial hit and run the risk of not getting back my radio show, TV show, and nationally syndicated column. I am doing this because I feel I have a moral obligation to give back to a country that's been so good to me and my family. My father was a World War II veteran. He served in, uh, in Guam. He was a staff sergeant. My older brother, Kirk, uh, was a Vietnam-era vet. He served in the Navy on the 6th Fleet. Uh, my little brother, Dennis, uh, was in the Army and actually went to uh, Vietnam. Well, I'm the only one in my family who never served, and I never felt good about that. This is my opportunity to give back to my country. My lane is as follows. If I thought that a sufficient number of swing voters uh, could, could elect Donald Trump, you and I would not be having this conversation. I feel that there are so many swing voters, particularly female swing voters in swing states in the suburbs, that would not vote for the man if he walked on water. In fact, if they did, if he did, they'd accuse him of not being able to swim. Now, Bo, I don't, I don't know what to do about Trump derangement syndrome. Maybe someday they'll develop a, a vaccine or a cure or a treatment. But until then, we've got a problem. And if you've lost friends because of Donald Trump, I know I have. I've got three friends I've known for almost 40 years apiece. We can't talk anymore because of Donald Trump. There are people, no doubt, who are walking on eggshells at work because of Donald Trump. There are people who've had strained relations with family members and relatives because of Donald Trump. If that is the case, Houston, we've got a problem. And that is, we need somebody who's got the America First agenda, whether it's on borders, whether it's on judges, whether it's on reducing taxes, reducing regulations, whether it's on foreign policy, but for whom a sufficient number of swing voters uh, can vote so that we can, de- we can defeat Biden-Harris uh, in November 2024. And I'm that guy. On your website, there are two things that you mention. 
uh, up front for people to see. One of them is crime. The other is school choice. How do you think those issues, you, you must think that they're going to be an important part of this campaign. Otherwise, you wouldn't have them on your website for all to see. How, how much do you think that's going to resonate in red states? Or are we talking about blue city issues there, Larry? We're talking about both. Let's take a, a red state like Iowa. They just now enacted statewide school choice. So the money follows the child rather than the other way around. I believe it is a national issue. Uh, there's something called the National Report Card. I think it stands for National Assessment of Educational Policy, the nation's report card. 85%, I kid you not, Bo, 85% of black eighth graders, these are 13-year-old kids, can neither read nor do math at grade level. In fact, half of them can't do basic reading, uh, and therefore a substantial percentage of black 13-year-olds in our country are functionally illiterate. 13 public high schools in Baltimore where 0% of the kids are math proficient, and another half a dozen where only 1% are. That's half of all the public high schools in Baltimore. They're located in the inner city where either 0% or only 1% of the kids are math proficient. This is unacceptable. We have 53 public schools in Chicago where 0% of the kids are math proficient. Now, the Democratic Party has joined at the hip with the teachers' union, and the teachers' union adamantly opposed school choice. So we need school choice. Regarding crime, We've got all these soft on crime DAs backed by George Soros money. And I'm going to propose uh, that when I get into the Oval Office, I'm going to issue an executive order because most of all these counties with soft on crime DAs get some sort of federal dollars. You don't get those dollars until you do your job. The number one job of government is to protect people and property. I'm also going to propose uh, a... Uh, a a uh, set of laws patterned after what Georgia recently did. They set up a commission, Bo, of mostly judges so that when you've got these soft on crime DA, they're not prosecuting, you can recall these judges and get them out of there. So that's what I'm going to do on those two issues. But there are a couple of other things, too, Bo, that I think I bring to the table. Number one is a full-throated denunciation of this narrative that America is systemically racist. It is a lie. And when you accuse the police of being systemically racist, what they do is they pull back. It's called the Ferguson effect or the George Floyd effect. We've seen that in New York. We've seen it in L.A. We've seen it in Chicago. We've seen it in other places. And there are, therefore, thousands of people who are dead over the last few years who otherwise wouldn't be dead if the police had been doing their normal proactive policing. And most of these dead are the very black and brown people that people on the left claim that they care about. The other issue I'm going to bring up is the real epidemic in this country, and that is the epidemic of fatherlessness. Seventy percent of black kids enter the world today, well, without a father in the home, married to the mother. Fifty percent of Hispanic kids, 25 percent of white kids, 40 percent of all American kids today enter the world without a father in the home, married to the mother. Why? The welfare state. Since the mid-60s, we've incentivized women to marry the government. We've incentivized men to abandon their financial and moral responsibility. And our side is not talking enough about that. Their side does not talk at all about it. All right. Let me get into some of the logistics with you, Larry. The RNC has released a, a requirement in order to, uh, to participate in the debate. And I look at those requirement as requirements. Some of them is a little bit stringent. You have to have tens of thousands of individual small donors. And in fact, some campaigns are doing some interesting things to try to, to meet that, like selling or giving T-shirts to people away for $1 a piece so that they can count it as a donation. Um, right. there are, there, but that's just one of the requirements. I know you are aware of what 
the RNC is doing to try to quote-unquote prevent people from taking this debate stage. Are you confident that you will be able to overcome the requirements that the RNC has put forth in order for you to be on that stage with these all-important messages? Well, in order to qualify for that first debate in August in Milwaukee, you're right. The RNC is requiring at least 1% in the polls, which we've met, or, and 40,000 individual donors. And the donation can be as small as $1. I believe the latter is onerous. Uh, for example, the Democrats in 2020 required either 1% or 65,000 individual donors, but not both. For whatever reason, the RNC is requiring both. Now, I'm confident I'll be able to get there, but it is a heavy lift, which is why I'm asking people to go to elderforpresident.com. Uh, and again, you can contribute as small as $1. Even if you want another candidate, even if you prefer another candidate, don't you want Larry Elder up on that stage talking about the lie that America is systemically racist, talking about the crime problem, talking about the epidemic of fatherlessness? Don't you want somebody up there talking about the importance of school choice and how abysmal our urban education is, where kids are simply not getting a sufficient education? Even if you want somebody else, I will get up there and I will put these issues uh, in front and center, and I think that that will help our country no matter who becomes the nominee. Larry, uh, one, one last thing I want to ask you here. Time's running out, and we're going to have you back, hopefully. Be, and, and this is a process that will lend itself well into next year. Uh, when you look right now, if you had to identify one problem and say this is the most serious problem facing the American people right now, what would that problem be, and how are you going to take it on? The most serious problem that our country faces is what I said earlier, Bo, the epidemic of fatherlessness. Barack Obama once said a kid raised without a, without a father in the home is five times more likely to be poor and commit crime, nine times more likely to drop out of school, and 25 times more likely to end up in jail. And we don't talk enough about that. These kids who are growing up without a father, whether a, whether a girl or a boy, they need a mentor. All uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, they need sponsors where somebody can pick up the phone and call for advice, guidance, and counsel. There are a whole bunch of people who are now retired with plenty of time on their hands. Why not step up and be a mentor for a kid who does not have a father? That's what I would encourage. And I've also written a book called As Goes California, My Mission to Rescue the Golden State and Save the Nation. It's available on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. My entire agenda and how I ran the race in California all outlined in that book, Bob. Larry Elder, thank you. You have you have put aside your career, and you had a brilliant career. You and you have had a brilliant career as a talk show host. You're nationally known. You're a household name in those circles that that know talk radio. Very very successful. Yet you put that aside so that you could run for office. And let's face facts: the odds are substantial. You have, a, you have to climb a steep hill, but that hasn't deterred you. And it has not, I, Go ahead. Mm -hmm. I, I was going to say, it, it has not. And just the other day, I'm in Iowa, and a New York Times reporter uh, asked me the same question. Are you doing this, he said, to get a book deal? Are you doing this to get a column? Are you doing this to get a TV show, a radio show? I said, dude, I have all these things. I have risked them in order to do this. Believe it or not. I'm doing this because I love my country, and I believe I have a moral obligation to give back. That is why I'm doing it. Larry, thank you so much. And we hope to hear from you again soon. Thank you, Larry Elder. 
Thank you so much, Bo. God bless. God bless you too, my friend. Larry Elder, running for president of the United States of America. Bo Snurley here with you on WABC, coming back. Your call is coming up right after this. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. That was the first. There will be more. President Trump will be on with us tomorrow. We have, just so you know, already reached out to the campaigns of Robert Kennedy Jr. and others. We intend to talk to every, every political candidate running for president if they'll talk to us. I don't expect we're going to hear back from Joe Biden, just to let you know. But aside from that, we're going to try to get, and we're going to try to get him too. We are, but everybody, we want everybody, want you to hear from every single person that wants your vote or not. All right, your phone calls are coming up any moment. But first, music lovers, get ready for the concert event of the summer. The Happy Together Tour is hitting the stage at the prestigious NYCB Theater at Westbury. Saturday, June 10th. Right now, you have a chance to win a pair of tickets. Experience the magic of the legendary bands. Who? The Turtles, Gary Puckett and the Union Gap, the Association, the Vogues, the Cowsills, all in one forgettable night. To win a pair of tickets, all you have to do right now, be the seventh caller. 800-848-9222. Claim your chance to attend the Happy Together Tour. That's this Saturday at the NYCB Theater in Westbury. This is your moment to groove to the music, embrace the nostalgia. Enjoy a night of pure entertainment, the Happy Together Tour. Don't wait another second. 800-800-848-9222. Seventh caller wins. And if you want to go to the concert, you're not calling, you're not near a phone. As soon as you can, get yourself over to LiveNation.com. LiveNation.com. Pick up a pair of tickets. Happy Together Tour. This Saturday night, June 10th. Let us go to the telephones. Jacqueline in Brooklyn. You're on WABC. How are you? Hi, James. Good. Thank you very much. Um, I do have a comment, but uh, before I make my comments, I just want to say that was a, an excellent interview with Larry Elder. He's a wonderful American, and I think he makes a lot of outstanding points. Um, I don't know, like you said, if he's got a shot at becoming president, but he would be a very good uh, vice presidential candidate. Um, as far as Mike Pence is concerned, I think he is the one that needs a, uh, a remedial course on our United States Constitution, since he is the individual that had the power and the authority to allow a count of the votes from the 2020 election. Everything was in order. Uh, there was a letter that was presented. There was a senator uh, that they had behind it. Um, and he was the one who decided not to allow that count to happen. So I think he's the one. And I also think his political career is over. He has no chance as a Republican. 
And I, I, I doubt that any Democrats would vote for him for anything. So, you know, maybe in his home state, he's got a political career. But I think that that's where the, his political career ends. Jacqueline, thank you. You know, Mike's, Mike Pence, like Joel Rosenberg wrote, I read the article. He says, you know, Mike Pence is a friend, and, um, and he, but he's not making any endorsements. I find myself in the same, same category. I will tell you, I know Mike Pence, and I, I adore the guy. He's a great guy. I hear what you're saying, but, you know, before you, hey, 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 no. I also love Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis and so many others, Larry Elder, Tim Scott. So I'm not one of these that's going to sit down and start bashing um, people. But this, what Jacqueline brought up, folks, is the hurdle that Mike Pence is going to have to overcome if he's going to be successful. I'll leave it at that and move over to Rob in Secaucus, New Jersey. Rob, how are you this afternoon? How are you? Well, I'm doing well, thank you. I had a comment about Chris Christie. Before I do... I just wanted to compliment you on great choice of music. Every, on your shows, Marvin Gaye, Aretha Franklin. Let's hear some Ray Charles once in a while. Huh? How about that? Cool. We did. You know, we played Ray Charles last week a little bit. We did. We, we hooked him up, yeah. What we'll play more. Yeah, yeah. Um, so with, with regard to Chris Christie, I'm a resident of the state of New Jersey, and I have family in every career stratus you can imagine, police, port authority, all the rest, I'm yet to run into someone who does not despise Chris Christie. And, and I don't understand what, he, what, what, what he's uh, attempting to achieve by getting into the race. Most people refer to him as, as, the, as the beach sperm whale in the state. You know? Well, let me suggest one thing that I could be, and I don't want to suggest that Chris Christie is being disingenuous by saying this. You asked the question. I'm giving you a political answer. I'm not saying that I believe it. Here is, though, a answer that some people might think. There are, if you go back and you look at the anti-Trump Republicans, they are a formidable bunch. Um, The Lincoln Project and all that. These guys raised a ton of money. And so if you look at a candidate who is right now standing up to be that representative in the primaries where he can battle Donald Trump head-to-head, look at how much money he is going to raise from that strata, from the anti-Trump Republicans who want to see somebody take on Donald Trump head-to-head that's if Donald Trump is going to we Donald Trump hasn't even said for sure whether he's going to be in the debates or not. We don't know whether he's going to it's up to him. But that could be a reason. I'm not saying it is. I'm just offering it up as a possibility. And I'm not by any means trying to um say that Chris Christie is doing that because of the money. I don't know the man's heart. I don't know what's in his head. I'm just giving you a potential reason. Let's go to Tom in Woodbridge, New Jersey. Uh, Tom wants to talk about something that's been in the news and we didn't have time to talk about in the opening segments of the show. Tom, how are you? 
Uh, reasonably well. Hope you're doing the same. Uh, so very briefly, and we're uh, short on time, uh, regarding that uh, crucifixion, media crucifixion of the woman in Florida who shot her neighbor, the woman's wife, who she was arrested, uh, and unfortunately the woman who passed away, who was shot, was a black female. Um, now, according to the media narrative, you would think that white on black crimes are happening every single day of that nature, and there was simply no basis for the shooting. We don't know that yet. We don't know the full circumstances of what went on that led up to, to the woman actually pulling the trigger and shooting her neighbor. And number two, you would think, again, by the media narrative, that the biggest threat to black lives in terms of black physical safety is white racism, which is absolute horse manure. And as we both know, you and I both know, blacks are only 13 percent of the U.S. population writ large. OK, they compose no less than 60 percent of all murder victims. And in well over 90% of those murders, the killer is another black person. Okay. So, okay. Anybody that wants to dispute, hold, hold on, hold on, right there. Anybody that wants to dispute this, go to your research. Okay. I know that this is not comfortable to hear. And I know many people hear this and they cringe. But I'm going to challenge those of you who are cringing and who are saying, oh, this guy's full of, go do the research. Do the research. Now, briefly, I don't know whether I would characterize this as a media crucifixion. Some of what is being reported is that the woman was chasing away. This woman was a single mom, had four kids. The kids, in some news reports, are said to have been playing on her property. She called them racial slurs. The mother came to the house. The woman was shot through the door. Now, this is a very unpleasant, very horrific case. The sheriffs waited until they said they had enough evidence to prove that this was not a stand-your-ground case. So we'll see what happens with it. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy, thank you so much for being here. Love and gratitude. Appreciate you being here each and every day. God willing, we'll be here tomorrow at 4 o'clock, Bo Snurdy's Rush Hour. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your families, and your loved ones. We're out. Like I said, God willing, see you tomorrow. Bye. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.